You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikenna Okeke of the Father's Church. This message will challenge, encourage, and propel you to fulfill your purpose and live that life that God originally designed for you as revealed in His Word. Be blessed as you listen. some time ago we said that um, God was intentional about making you a Nigerian and putting you in the Nigeria of today. How many believe that? Yes. God knows what he's doing and he has put us here at this time and we understand that his grace is more than sufficient. So it means that you and I are Carrying the anointing to thrive and fulfill God's purpose in this season. Somebody say amen. amen. Yes, we are equipped for this hour. Our fathers were equipped for the times they lived in. But we are equipped for this hour. And you know, this generation of Nigerians must be grateful to God. I am extremely grateful to God that I can be counted in the number of those that will be preaching the gospel. When I was younger, if you are going to be a preacher, you have to attend the seminary, isn't it? You have to be separated from a long time when you are much younger. But when the generation where, you know, you just attend church, the spirit moves, before you know it, you're a pastor. The pastor's in the house, can I see your hand? You just become a pastor just like that. It didn't used to happen. Praise the Lord. It is the grace of God that was opening the doors. And opening the doors and was, you know, by the Spirit drawing in people. Because he knew that a time will come when the trained ones, when the, you know, proper ones, okay, would not be enough. So it will be sad in the moments of need like this for us to faint. Praise the Lord. Like we learned on Wednesday, it says, if we faint in the day of adversity, it says what? Our strength is small. And like the Living Bible said, we're a poor specimen if we do what? Faint in the day of adversity. So what that means is that what God created you for, you are equipped and designed to withstand it. Praise the Lord. If you put tires in your car and you run on stone and they bust, is it a tire? Is it a tube? Praise the Lord. So we are strengthened, we are equipped, we are enough for this season. Thank God you're in church. I'm so glad looking at all the faces that are not taking their cue from the U.S. Embassy. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. It's not easy, right? But the truth is this. This is the time we're made for. Somebody say, this is the time I was made for. And I will thrive in my season. The Bible says concerning David, he said he served his generation. That's one prayer you must begin to pray for yourself. That you will serve your generation according to the will of God before you die. Amen? Because as God looks over Nigeria, he's thinking. He said, I have, I have him. I have her. She's in Abuja. He's in Abuja. Oh, he's there. They're there. And as he does that, he relaxes. 
We will not disappoint our father in the name of Jesus. Okay. So our God, the God of the heavens and the earth, the creator of the heavens and earth, has made clear to us in his word what we are to believe. You know, we are called believers, isn't it? He has made clear to in his word what we are to believe. So the sum total of scripture records for you and I what we are to believe. That's why when we say to people, read your Bible, study your Bible. And, you know, people don't do that. You haven't begun. Because, you see, the word of God is the circumference of the life you should live in. Praise the Lord. It's your atmosphere. It is my atmosphere. It is my habitat. So if I don't know it, then I'm living a stranger in my world. Praise the Lord. You know here we don't say, did you read your Bible? Did you read your Bible? No. The word of God is given to you and I to know what is truth. And to be able to separate fact from fiction. Okay? So when you read the Bible, the Spirit of God begins to tell you things that the Father wants you to know as a certainty or for a certainty that this is truth. Why is that necessary? In the course of your living, you're going to see a lot of things that look like truth. But just like we saw last Sunday, the wind blew softly and they said this is a sign for us to move. But the word has said it is dangerous. But when the wind blew softly, those who didn't have exposure, if you read that account, it's so interesting. It said the centurion, the captain of the ship, the owner of the ship, and the majority said no to Paul. Paul didn't say what he said because he studied it. He said, I perceive. That is what you do when you read the Bible. When you read the Bible, it gives you perception. It gives you revelation. Praise the Lord. And that revelation is to be relied upon more than any other news. So if we read the Bible and the Bible says to us, pack and go out of Abuja, we will pack now. Is someone getting what I'm saying? But if the Bible is saying, that's not what I said to do. Then no matter the wind that is blowing, because we saw the other account that we read where Jesus has sent the disciples. And the Bible says the wind was what? Contrary. Did the contrary wind indicate they should go back? In fact, in that contrary wind, instead of sailing in the boat, Peter walked on water. That is how much possibilities there are when you listen. What happened to Peter? I said, Master, if it is you, bid me to what? Come to you walking on the water. What I'm trying to lay as the foundation is this. A Christian must marry the word of God. Praise the Lord. Yesterday, I, was, I, I think two days ago, I was telling my wife something. And she said, ah, see, oh, you know about food. I can't cook, but I eat, I've been eating for 50-something years. So, I may not have experience in cooking, but I have an experience in eating. So, if at this age, I don't know the difference between the food that needs Maggie and the one that needs oil, then I failed woefully. I can't cook it too. <laughs> but when I eat it, I'll tell you that uh, this thing needs to be done to this soup. Tell me to do it, that's another matter. I don't have experience in that one. But in the eating, 50-something years of eating, and I wouldn't know what needs to be removed and what needs to be added. Praise the Lord. Now, as a Christian, you must know the word. 
Do you understand? You must know the word. I don't know what you play in your default. When I don't have anything doing, the word is what is playing around me. When it's not playing, I'm meditating on it. I'm chewing over it. Because the word must be your world. Are you getting what I'm saying? So God has made it clear what we are to believe. It's in his word. Anything outside of his word, I don't believe it. Anything in his word, I believe it. It doesn't always correspond. Because the Bible makes it clear that this world we are in, the heaven and earth will do what? Will pass away, but not a jot, nor a tittle of the word will go unfulfilled. So the world is passing. You see the clouds, you see as the way they are moving, a time is going to come when everything is going to be rolled over. So what am I trying to say? Psalm 62 verse 11 says, God has spoken once. And twice I have heard it, that power belongs to God. Praise the Lord. God has spoken once. He spoke here, you know, he's retreating here. But we see from Genesis 1 verse 1. In the beginning, it was not God and the devil. Praise the Lord. You know when they are starting a match, there are two teams. Then one of them can win. In the beginning, God. That in the beginning, verse 1 is telling you that God decided to begin something. And all the while he was alone. He stands alone as God. Now, in the course of his word, all manner of things will happen. But our Lord Jesus reminded, he says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been what? He had to make that statement because the one they gave Adam and Eve, our first parents, they lost it. But our Lord Jesus came and recovered it. So he announced to us again that all authority in heaven and on earth has what? Been given to him. So he says to us, go therefore. Now, if you see anything not like that, it should make you revert to your maker. Praise the Lord. Now, but before I leave that Psalm 62, 11, the Lord, you know, took me higher in that. He said, you've been saying once has thou spoken, twice have heard, that power belongs to me. He said, read the 12th verse. He said, also to you, O Lord, belongs what? We can go home now. So the God who has all power is also the God of mercy. There are some people that if you hear they have power, fear should grip you. Because they are wicked. They are insensitive. Are you getting what I'm saying? But the Bible is saying this God that has all power has also what? He said to Moses, he said, plenteous, abounding in mercy. Do you know that? Do you believe that? Do you know if you believe that combination alone, you will have a peace that passes all understanding. When the Bible says that you may be filled with all peace and joy in believing, that's what he's talking about. Every distress is a result of unbelief. Every anxiety is a result of unbelief. If you knew the outcome, you know when you're watching a movie for the first time, sometimes you're a bit, you know, but when you're watching it and you've seen the end, you just enjoy. You enjoy the art. You enjoy the acting. You enjoy, you know, everything. Because you know that this man that they are cutting, after they'll say he didn't cut, that who they cut was his lookalike. Praise the Lord. To him belongs power and mercy. So, he has made it clear what we are to believe. Now, after making it clear what we are to believe, the word of God also makes clear to us our own assignment. What we are to be doing if we believe. Praise the Lord. 
That's where there is, you know, a disconnect for a lot of people. The song, you know, the people before us sang, trust and what? Obey. For there is no other way to be what? But to trust and obey. If we believe, since we believe, the next thing that we are to occupy ourselves with is what? Trusting. It's actually trusting. But if you trust, you will obey. Are you with me? Now, that combination is peace. That combination is PhD. Believe God Trust him and what? Obey him. Praise the Lord. In Second uh, Samuel uh, chapter 22, j- just to give us a bit of um, illustration of what we are talking about. Verse 1 says, Then David spoke to the Lord the words of the song. On the day when the Lord had delivered him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul. Now, no one that has ever lived is known to have experienced 10% of the enemies or troubles that David faced. No one. David faced lion. He faced bear. One man alone kills lion. They will program his life that he will never fight a battle again. He becomes Obuago, a title holder. He's kept somewhere. I get him. This boy faced bear, faced lion, Face Goliath, and when he faced the enemy, when he came home into the king's house to serve the king, he survived the king's assassination two times. The people who were with him, you see, the, the point I'm trying to make is this I want to give you a testimony. It says, This song was the song David sang when the Lord had delivered him from the hand of how many? And he had enemies. David had what? He had enemies. The Philistines had him as a marked man. But in the midst of the time that they were marking him, he hid amongst them. That's what you find when you read the Bible. Do you understand? He hid amongst them. He was with them. That is how big God is. So David begins to write. says, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. That's what he's telling us. He said, the God of my strength in whom I will do what? trust he says he's my shield and the horn of my salvation my stronghold and my refuge my savior who saves me you save me from what violence how does it operate verse 4 he says i will call upon the lord who is worthy to be praised so shall i be what that's the formula he goes on. He says, when the waves of death surrounded me, the floods of ungodliness made me afraid. The sorrows of shell surrounded me. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried out to my God. He heard my voice from his temple and my cry entered his ears. Then the earth shook and trembled. The foundations of the heaven quaked and were shaken because he was angry. He goes on, 12, I jump. He says, he made darkness canopies around him, dark waters and thick clouds. He sent out arrows and scattered them, lightning bolts, and he vanquished them. The channels of the sea were seen. The foundations of the world were uncovered. At the rebuke of the Lord, at the blast of the breast of his nostrils. 17 says, he sent from above. He took me. He drew me out of many waters. Some of us, the problems we are in. You know, many waters is not one water. Some of us are in problems that look like many waters. David said, God drew me out of many waters. 
18 goes on, he says, he delivered me from my strong enemy, not a weak enemy. He didn't give me psychological victory. He delivered me from my strong enemy, from those who hated me. They were too strong for me. Nigeria, the enemies that have risen against us, they're too strong for us. How many of us know that? No, they're too strong for us. But they're not too strong for God. Hallelujah. They are not too strong for God. Not at all. They are not even anything compared to our God. Okay? It says, they confronted me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my... He also brought me out into a broad place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. 21 says, the Lord rewarded me according to my... We're telling ourselves, the, the workers, when we were meeting yesterday, that can you take your service to God and say, Lord, remember my service and bless me. This is what David is saying. He said, the Lord, you know, there is the gift of righteousness, which is what places us in this relationship. Without it, when we come near God, we are consumed. It's like a spacesuit. That's what we were to be able to be in this environment. The gift of righteousness. Then there's the righteousness of walking out. So because you have the gift, then you now walk like you have the gift. So I bless you with a car, and I see you entering our car. Should that happen? So we are being endowed with righteousness. That's what David is talking about here. He's saying, this is, I walked it out. Walk out now your salvation with fear and tremble. You have been given it. You didn't walk to get saved, but you have been saved by the work of Jesus. Now that you have been saved by the work of Jesus, he said, walk like someone who has salvation. So David said here, the Lord rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands. He has recompensed me. He says, for I have kept the ways of the Lord, and I have not wickedly departed from my God. For all his judgments were before me. And as for his statutes, I did not depart from them 24 and i kept myself from you see i may not be able to read all, all of this psalm, but you when you read the bible it tells you what to worry about and it tells you no what not to what worry about in the midst of what is happening in nigeria oh how i wish christians began to live more holy how i wish the standard of um, righteousness just went up all over nigeria why because we have enemies. I get what I'm saying. Amongst Christians. The Lord's prayer said. Uh, Forgive us our trespasses. And lead us not what. But deliver us from. Our Lord Jesus made sure we knew. That there were enemies. So he said lead us. So that we do not fall. Into temptation. Why? Because there are traps set all over. That's what we do when we have enemies. We are careful. We walk circumspect. Praise the Lord somebody. When something happens, like I told you when I was young, everything that happened, you know, around, you know, my, my mom, they say it's temptation. So I didn't understand what is temptation. Somebody looks for your trouble, just deal with the person. But when you understand you have enemies, there are traps, there are traps to hold you so that the enemy can pounce. Praise the Lord. So David was saying it. I, I was blameless. I kept myself from iniquity. Why? Because he knew he had enemies. And he needed to do that so that God will be on his side. 26 says, with the merciful, you show yourself merciful. With the blameless man, you show yourself blameless. It goes on and on. 30 says, for by you, I can run against a troop. By my God, I can leap over a wall. I'll have to leave that. Please, when you go home, just enjoy that account. Praise the Lord. But, but the point we are establishing here is that we believe that all power belongs to God. We now say, if all power belongs to him, 
then I must trust him. If I trust him, then I will do what? Obey him. And because he's all powerful, when I obey him, I cannot suffer loss. It's as simple as that. Some of us, when we're in secondary school, had school fathers as the um, senior prefect. Or the, okay, let's say ref prefect. If you had the rep prefect as your school mother or school father, can you lose weight? You won't. Hallelujah. Now, I want to go to the third thing now. He has all power. I trust and obey him. But sometimes, brethren, the outcome and the performance of what we expect confuses us because what God is saying you should do in a situation doesn't look like it's going to solve the problem you're in. And that's where I want to begin with our real text. In Joshua chapter 6. When you go to Joshua chapter 6, or if you go to Joshua chapter 5, the last two verses, where Joshua had an encounter with the angel of the Lord, the commander of the host of the Lord, he said to him, are you for us or against our adversary? And he says, nay. Okay? But as commander of the armies of the Lord have come. So Joshua surrendered to him. When Joshua surrendered to him from Joshua chapter 6 verse 1 now, he says, this is what you're going to do. Jericho is shut up securely. They are preparing for war. They are going to resist you. But this is what you're going to do. Gather the people. Gather the priests. Gather the trumpeters. Gather the men of war. This is what you're going to do. Every day, walk around Jericho. Okay? Nobody will speak a word. Just the trumpeters blaring their trumpets. When they finish, you go home to the camp and rest. The second day, do the same thing. The third day, do the same thing. The fifth day do this, the sixth day do the same thing. If you were Joshua, you have an army, you have a nation to invade, and they're telling you to do march first. Praise the Lord. And that when you finish marching, now if you understand the way wars, you know, the, the strategic ways wars were fought then, the people stood on the walls of their city and shot and, you know, uh, fired at the people that were below. So, walking around the city was making themselves easy prey. With stones, with pans, with anything that could destroy them. But the one who we started by saying we believe him. The one who we seconded by saying we trust and do what? Obey him. is the one who said it. So, Joshua went and repeated the instruction to them. And the first day they went, the priests, you know, were going. They, they were blaring the trumpets. The men of war were ahead. You know, the regal were behind the ark. They marched around. They went home. On the seventh day, he said, do that seven times. And then when you're done doing it, let the trumpet sound. Let the people shout. And the walls will come down flat. Do you know that many people, many of us, many times have received such instruction? But we had a problem. How does shouting make a wall come down? Because we are reasonable. And the instruction they are giving to us does not look like the result we want. Is someone getting me? But remember, we established we believe God. When I believe somebody, praise the Lord, when I believe you, I give my right to reason to you. Are you with me? Now, this thought part is where we have issue. Because if God says to you and I something that looks a bit like your reasoning, it won't be difficult to obey. But we want to attack Jericho. 
What am I walking around it? Then on the seventh day, I shout. What will a shout do to a wall? But the maker of the wall, the maker of my ear, the maker of my tongue, the maker of my eyes, the maker of the trees, the maker of the sun, the maker of the earth where I'm standing, the maker of everything said I should shout. Is someone with me in church today? That's what he said I should do. But you see, he has given me sense. How many of us have raised children till they became teenagers? Do you see the transition? How all of a sudden they have sense and you have become a fool? Do you understand? All of a sudden, they just have a lot of sense. So let me tell you what they say among themselves. I don't know if they have a new one. They say they just don't get it. As far as they're concerned, you, we parents, eh, we have lost our brain. But we are the ones who taught them how to eat. Okay, if we, we beg them now, please. I don't know what my phone is doing, so they feel cool. They're helping us with food. But we taught them how to brush. We taught them how to clean their bum bum. But now we don't have sense again. Now, project that to you and God. When did you have brain? So we tell God, this approach will not solve this problem. Lord, you can't tell me to forgive him. He will keep doing it. He said, I said my daughter, forgive him. He said, if I forgive him, he'll think I'm a fool. So God is not thinking well. He said, go and give him. I, I told you one of the experiences, you know, some of these things, I pray young believers do all those things. When you come to church and hear some things, please suspend your reasoning and just do it. As a young Christian, I just share this because it might be for somebody. As a young Christian, we're taught that when you are angry with somebody, when somebody not angry, when somebody's looking for your trouble. Let me look that, use that Nigerian language. Okay. When someone is looking for a trouble, you should, you know, attack the person with love. So, we when they ushering the department, and they said they wanted me to host the meeting. And one particular sister in the department took it upon her to say, how are we going to host meetings? Do you know how many we are? Apparently, she thought I was living in a cube. No, we can't. Um, do you know, we're about 30 something or 40 something. We just got, no, we can't. Do. So, and my house was very big then. Could even take double the number. So, the thing just, you know how it is, it did me. So, after a while, the Lord said, bless her. So, I was going to church the next time. That, that I took 5,000 put in an envelope. Just went to her and said, sister, I just bless you. It was not a normal reaction. It wasn't what I would have chosen. But it was what God decided. You know why? Because when I did that, I completely forgot the hurt. I began to feel joy. So what she did to say to me became like when she was praising me. I get what I'm saying. Now, if I didn't do that, every time I saw her face, I'll be thinking, this is what you, you know, said to me. But now all of that changed. Why? Because the one who made all things said, this is how you solve a problem like that. Some of us are Christians. We are still solving problems like native doctors. The Bible says to overcome evil with what? But many of us in our brain is fire for fire. And when they say enemy, the, when they say enemy, the real enemy you have is the devil. The manifest one is your thinking. I get it. You see, these are things that hinder the level God wants to take us to. Understandably, there is a system out there. Praise the Lord. There's a system that should return fire for fire. But you're not in that system. You've been brought out of that system. You're to return love for hate. 
Praise the Lord. The Bible says, a good man out of what? The good treasure. You are now a good man. Where do you find wickedness? Every time you want to do wickedness, you have to go to the devil to borrow it. Do you want to be friends with the devil? There should be none of those things around you. Okay? So they said to Joshua and Ishmael, walk around and shout. How should Joshua obey it? And then the walls will fall down flat. That's what God said to do. And was that what happened? I can't hear you. Was that what happened? So it happened as he said. Did it look like what should bring the result? And sisters, from today, please don't think about how the outcome will come. That's where I have problems. When I think it is difficult. But just think that I believe him. I trust him. I obey him. Leave the outcome. To think about it. How many things do you really know how they connect? You know, some time ago we are looking at them. I think it was at a wedding. We are looking at the, at the miracle our Lord Jesus Christ performed. When he turned water into wine. And to us, it was a big miracle. Because he said to them, you know. Take the water, pour it into these uh, jar pots, pour it out, and go and give to the master of the face. But do you know that the wine really, that's how it comes. Just that God eliminated the process in between. How does wine come? God sends water from above. It gets into the earth. Okay? It enables the vine to bear fruit. When the vine brings forth, what the people harvest it. When they harvest it, they press it. When they press it, they pour it. When they pour it, they, you know, whether do whatever they want, ferment or whatever, then it becomes wine, isn't it? Now, God decided to cut the middleman, cut everything in between. And just from water arrive at wine, we're shouting. He is the one who initiated the process before. I have an office. I say, if you come to the office, before you see me, you see my PA. My PA will take you to my secretary. My secretary will take you to the executive assistant. Executive. Then all of a sudden I say, why am I wasting time? If you want to call me, just call me on the phone and come directly. Is it not my prerogative? When God works miracles, remember in the beginning he said, let there be. What he's adjusting is what he said be. Why are you arguing with him? When you shout, the walls will fall down. <laughs> Hallelujah. God, take away this thing that is hindering you. That's why we have problems. We are thinking, but this thing doesn't look like it will bring the outcome. I'm going to conclude this message very soon. Okay? Thank God we have a few doctors in the house. Uh, please, I want to ask you. Do you know that if I pinched your hand, it's not your hand that responds. Your hand will tell your brain something happened. Then your brain will tell you it's a pinch. This is what you do. Now, the Bible says, okay, I think it's Ephesians 5.23, part B. It says, Christ is the head of the body of the church. And the Savior, the head of the church, and the Savior of the body. Okay? Now, you physically now, please, sir, come. You have a head and you have a body. The way God designed you is that whatever decision that is going to be taken in this body... Will not be taken from here. It won't be taken from here. It will be taken from here. The stimulus will come here, could come here, could come anywhere. But before your body will respond, there's something that is called the nervous system. The job it does is that it's taking information from all parts of the body to the brain and taking from the brain back to all parts of the body. Did they both of them disconnect? You become what we call vegetable. Do you know that the church of God is operating like vegetable now? 
Because we are only acting based on impulses. We are not sending signals to the head to ask him. They said this to us. What should we say back? They told us this. What should we say? We are not doing that because we have taken the brain that is here. We have put brain in the hand. The hand doesn't have brain. The leg doesn't have brain. Is someone hearing me? That's the way you are designed to function biologically. Please, you may say that. The same way spiritually. He said Christ is the head of the body and the savior. It's only the head that can save. You don't have the capacity. Even in a natural system. The government, if somebody looks for a trouble and you beat him and beat him and beat him, who police arrest? Because they said, leave punishment to the state. What should you do? He said, report. When you report to the government, the government will now come down and do what? And do what it should do. Is that difficult? Now, somebody will be listening to me and say, this is a hard thing. It's not a hard thing. That's why Jesus said men ought always to pray. Prayer is the body reporting to the head. So some of us, we hear things. Before we pray about it, it's 70 days after. But the genuine Christian, no, you're telling him good morning. He's asking the Holy Spirit, what does that good morning mean? That same we should run. You're asking what does that? I told somebody was telling me that the Americans were moving. Out. I said, please, can we buy their properties? Laptops, cars, anything that they're Besides, I live in my country to their country. What is that your concern? Like the people say, that they say the, the Reverend Father got born. She said, did he burn his mustache? Is someone listening to me? We are believers. We are Christians. We have a maker. I didn't make myself. We have a savior. Do you understand? He has said to us, call upon me and I'll answer. He's the savior of the body. In every situation. In every circumstance, he is the savior. I am as safe as I'm listening to my head. Praise the Lord. I'm as safe as I'm taking steam, you know, response from what the brain that God gave this body to protect it. Now, over time, there are some what they call reflex behaviors and learned behaviors. You operate at that level. There is a limit to which you can go. No skill can be performed by reflex behavior. Reflex behavior is the basis. That's where a lot of people are. You shout, I shout. You slap, I slap. You say danger, I run. Reflex. But for you to operate skilled machinery, you can't type on your computer based on reflex. It's controlled behavior. You can't shoot, you know, you can't, you can't do surgery based on reflex. You can't do anything meaningful based on reflex. It has to be controlled. I understand that the surgeon's uh, skill is basically brain and hand coordination. To the extent that the brain is able to con- control the hands. That's what makes a good surgeon. The same way for the Christian. The extent that the head can control your actions. That makes a powerful Christian. That's why they will come to the apostle Paul. And Agabus says, who is the man who owns this belt? He says... By the spirit, I've seen that this man is going to be beaten. He's going to be, you know, then if he goes to Jerusalem. That's information. The response should be what? Don't go. Everybody there said to Paul, what? Don't go. They started actually crying. Don't go. Don't go. Don't go. Don't go. Have you heard what they said? Don't go. What did Paul say? 
Paul said, thank you for the information. But my response to it is that even if I'm going to be killed, that Jerusalem, I'm going to go. Why? The assignment given to me requires that I go. I read somewhere that a commander was talking to his soldiers. And, you know, someone said to the commander, but there are dangers on the road. There's risk of death. And the commander said, as a soldier, your assignment is not to be saved from death. Your assignment is to obey order. So that there is death on the road does not make the soldier to turn back. What makes the soldier to turn back is that the commander says turn back. I get what I'm saying. Danger is not an excuse for a soldier. It's the command. That's why I see them. Well, we've not seen real war in a movie. They're just going, they're killing them. All of them are going because the command says move. Now, do you know we are soldiers of Christ? All we are learning, brethren, is that you have a father. You have God. Both in your marriage, in your business, in your finances, in your relationships, allow the head to tell you what to do. That's the way it was designed. And when he tells you what to do, you know, just breaking it further, it got more interesting. You know, for those who understand the functioning of muscles, you know, for, for me to be able to flex, okay, flex like this. If you allowed me, if not that I went to school, I'll think that the muscle that brings this wrist this way is coming from here. Because I'm bringing it this way, isn't it? If I should have asked that as a, as a question. If I want to bring this this way, which muscle do I need most? Do you know the muscle I need most? It's not this one, no. It's this one in here. It doesn't look like it. This one has... Uh Queen Mother, you read biology, have you? But uh, you didn't take it seriously then. Now you're understanding. (laughs) See, this muscle here, what it does in that movement is it relaxes. This is the muscle that pulls it up. If they leave you to decide the affairs, you will break plates. You know the stage where you tell your children, come out, they want to help mommy. Say, don't help mommy. Because their help is spoiling everything. God made the heavens and the earth. He knows the buttons to press. He knows. Some time ago, we learned here that one of the major defensive traits given to human beings is the ability to be calm in a situation. Never joke with it. When the Bible says, fret not, it only causes what? There is no, nothing good can come from a panic. Men, are there men in the house? Have you ever tried to wear your trousers at a speed beyond your brain? You realize that these two left and right can mix up. You're so much in a hurry. You want to be at the door, the trousers. You have not settled this one. That's how you'll be falling down. Because you wanted to move with the body without the brain. When you calm down, you, you're rushing, you know, but please wear your trousers first. Then you'll see that the left will enter left. If not, I don't know why that thing happens. The only two. You raise right. Why should you find left? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Why? Because you see, fretting confuses the system. Now the same way in your spiritual life. Panic. Some of us, if you just want to throw us up, just give us one news. Anytime I hear any news, I just calm down. That's the way Christians are meant to function. I will slap you. Say, God, this will happen. This happened. Why? 
we cannot, you see, a man can survive. I think the only part of the body, a man, if you take away immediately, he stops functioning is the heart. But a man can operate without hand, without leg, without many things. But remove the head. Is there life anymore? Why will I operate ignoring my head? Why will I operate deciding to take instructions from another place? What has it said? It said be anxious for what? Nothing. Let's say that to ourselves. Everybody want to go. Okay, put it this way. Put your name. Ikenna. Be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. So, we, we saw in the case of uh, Joshua. He said to them, seven day, seven times the priest blow the trumpet, the people shout, the walls will fall down. The obedience, the actions they took did not look like the outcome. It was the brain that knows how he connected it. I don't know. But in God's creation, he had programmed it that the surrounding of these walls will hear footsteps for six days. And on the seven days, they will hear the multiply. It's like a code. Are there, programmers, are there people who are programmers in church? Coders. It's like a code heaven wrote. He said, when you go, enter this figure. Enter this figure. Enter this. And this is That's what it is. That's what it is. Now for this hour, I just want to beg us. Whatever you do, just make sure it's your head that said you should do it. Let's rise on our feet. And one thing I know my head said I should do. He says, enter into his gates with, into his courts with what? My head said, I should give thanks in all. That's what I would do. My head says I should be careful for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication. So we pray. We make supplications. But sum it up with what? Thanksgiving. Because God has not abdicated his throne. He's still on his throne. Reigning in this nation is still Jehovah. Ruling over the heavens and the earth is still our God. Praise the Lord, somebody. Determining the outcome of events is still our God. The second issue is, are we obeying him? But let's settle that it's our God that is running the show. So I want you to talk to God. I want you to ask him to forgive you every action, every imagination that did not originate from the head. That did not come from him. Every thought, every suggestion that has come. And beyond that country, you can bring it down now to some issues that are very personal. Some things you're dealing with now. That looks like, oh, it was this, it was that. But all of a sudden, we're seeing that it wasn't meant to go that way. Your father planned that he will solve this problem this way. Time will fail me to tell you some of the testimonies. I've told us here about the story when we're building the other church and um, the, the government official who was in charge of, you know, approvals and all of that determined that he would pull down the structure because we're building it. It was going up so fast and we didn't have approval. We're wrong, but we're desperate for an accommodation. So we're just building it and, you know, and the man will pass every day and say, these people, they don't want to come and see me. These people, I'm going to pull this down. He wrote us a letter, put a notice and all of that. And was planning to come and pull it down. So someday, I went to his office. And they said to the man, the pastor of that church, 
that they are building that they don't have approval and they are not listening to your stop work. The man was giving the stop order himself because he was passing the road to his house. He lived in life camp, so he'll pass Jabi, right? And see the building and stop. Then he's going to work the next day. He sees that building. He's coming back that building. So the man took it very personal. So when they announced that this pastor was coming, I'm sure the man adjusted on his chair how he would deal with me. Brothers and sisters, my head told me what to do. As I just opened the door, I went, I knelt down and said, Oga, please, we're sorry. Oga, I'm sorry, we're desperate. The landlord gave us notice. Do you know we left that office with the approval? <laughs> you must fear God, though. I didn't plan to do it, though. The Spirit of God just said, oh, yeah. apologize. And the man just looked. Because all the while in his thinking, we're proud. We thought we had money. We thought maybe we had connection. We thought we had something. So the man had planned how he would deal with us. When that approach came, he neutralized him. The man said, okay, okay, okay. Call me this person. Come. That's how we left with the approval. Your head can handle that matter better. Praise the Lord, somebody. So I don't know who is in church today. I don't know who is listening to me today. I want you to allow your nervous system do the work. Let our head. Now we have the Holy Spirit indwelling us. We cannot operate like those who are without help. Part of the names the Holy Spirit is called is counselor, advocate, helper, standby. That's who is. So why, why should I? Can, can you ask him, Lord? Even this infirmity, what should I do? Some of us have been ill to the point of death, and God said, "Drop this thing in your diet." And they dropped it, and everything went. Hallelujah! Somebody, I'm closing. <laughs> I'm done. Praise the Lord. Choir, you ready? Let me just bless the Lord. Let me just exalt my God. The songwriter, the psalmist, sang and said, Why are you downcast, O my soul? He said, Put your hope in God. Put your hope in God. Why am I putting the body in where it shouldn't be? He said, Tell the head, call on me. Jesus said to the disciples, Why are you of so little faith? He was expecting them when they saw it to say, ah, Master, what's going on here? What should we do? But rather they said, you care not, you carest not doubt that we perish. You have not told the head, why are you concluding? And he said to them, no, <laughs> you won't perish, I'm in the boat. I said, let's go to the other side. I'm in the boat, I'm with you. You're listening to me today. Jesus is saying to you, what are you afraid of? What did I tell you? For those who may not know, you know, at a time where... There were several options and ways that I could go. God sent me from Lagos to Abuja. He hasn't told me to run away. Did you hear me? At the time when Abacha and his people were kidnapping people and they were disappearing in Abuja. That's when I came to Abuja. And we're holding videos there. And we're praying that God should remove Abacha in the videos. In open spaces. Are you getting me? It's an assignment. When they give you an assignment, like the soldier said, 
it's not necessary that you tell me there is danger it's necessary you obey let your commander handle the responsibility for any soldier that dies is a loss to the commander praise the lord but you will not die you shall live to declare the counsel of the lord in the land of the living god has things he wants to do the bible says that he who began the good work in you he said he will be what faithful to perform it until the very end you all finish your candle you will finish your purpose you will finish your assignment in the name of jesus christ i want you to lift up your voice and begin to bless the lord that he's mindful of me he knows what he's doing he knows who he's called he knows where i am he knows where you live he knows where you go to work he knows the path that you take he knows everything about you and if there is any change in plan he will let you know are there troubles are there enemies yes they are but god is mindful of them i've not become my keeper the lord is my keeper He's my shade by my right hand. The Lord is my defense. He's the one who teaches me to. He shows me the way to fight. For today, what a privilege is Thanksgiving. Brethren, I want you to praise God like never before. I'll praise the drums. I know we rely on the choir to help us. But praise God like you've seen the conclusion of the matter. Dance like you have a father. Dance like you have a redeemer. Sing like you have a savior. Is someone with me? And no matter the situation, let it be clear to that circumstance that you're no longer afraid of it. You have transferred the case to your headquarters. Heaven is handling it. You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ike Naokeke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Banex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-158404. You can find us online at www www.thefatherschurchonline.org God bless you.